Today we're talking about online gaming and how it can help you minister to people in today's world. Are you ready? Because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello heroes, I'm Tom Pounder and this is the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is a podcast where ministers come to learn some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry in this very digital world, this very digital and physical world. And today I am excited because I have a first-time guest. His name is Steve Cullum, and I've known Steve for quite some time. Uh, we do a lot of blogging together uh, and work with uh, youth specialties in Orange together a lot. Uh, and But I've never had him on the podcast, so I'm really excited to have him on him because he did something at the very beginning of COVID, and he's still doing this, but he did something at the very beginning of COVID that caught my attention immediately, and I was like, I have to learn how to figure out how to do this. And so Steve today talks to us about online gaming, in particular about Jackbox games. They're, they're fantastic games that you can use for your ministry and how you can do all these games to reach people for Christ. Because he's reaching people all across the country. And it's really cool to hear some stories about his interactions. So without any further ado, let's get into the interview right now talking to Steve Cullum about the impact of online gaming in your ministry. All right, with me right now is uh, my friend Steve Cullum. Steve, Thanks, how, are you, how are you? I'm doing well, yeah. It's a, as well as can be expected during these times. Kind of going crazy to some days and some days are, you know, pretty relaxed, but, uh, but yeah, doing, doing really well right now. <laughs> that, that's good. I mean, Hey, listen, like, like what we talked about a few minutes ago, I guess being doing well is pretty good right now. So yeah, that's for um, sure. Well, I've known you for quite some number of years. You're a blogger. We both do orange stuff. We're really well connected with orange. You also do some stuff with uh, youth specialties and uh, download youth ministry too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of got, uh, I, I don't really even know how all that happened. It just kind of <laughs> fell all together and there's, there's some crossover between the leadership of all those organizations. So I think part of it's just, uh, comes from that, but yeah, I've got little fingers of things just in, in a lot of different places right now. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you pump all your stuff towards the end, but tell me how you got started in ministry. Give me a little, because I know you and, and whatnot, but I don't think I've ever really known your story of how you got into ministry. So why don't you go into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in, in the church in, uh, in Southern Illinois. So right in the middle of the Bible belt, uh, where, you know, pretty much all of my classmates at least went to church, acknowledged God, who knows if they actually, you know, were working on their relationship and growing in discipleship or not. So, uh, but it was a, it was a regular thing that uh, that people went to church and so my family did I grew up in a Christian family uh, went to church a lot of times with my grandparents uh, but uh, yeah it was at one level uh, probably I think for me around fifth grade that I kind of took a step back from the church but it was really more because I got tired of waking up on Sunday morning um, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> I had nothing to do with God or rebelling or anything like that I just was tired um, but then um, it wasn't probably until I think eighth grade ninth grade uh, when I started taking some serious steps in my faith um, for for myself and that's 
that's when everything just started to fall into place. Um, and so I had, you know, looking back in hindsight, I had some really good examples from my, my grandparents, especially my grandfather was a huge influence on me. Uh, he volunteered in, in our home church so much. Um, he was, he probably would have been considered volunteer staff. You know, we would use that kind of language today, but at that time, that just wasn't um, what they, they called him, but that's basically what he was. Yeah. And that kind of mentality was just instilled on, in me at a young age. And so when I got into my teenage years and I got plugged into my youth group, um, it just one thing after another fell into place. And I realized I really loved being in youth group mm-hmm. and loved being around uh, my peers um, and, and just growing in our relationship together. And so I was, I I had actually changed churches when I went to high school and um, mostly because of the youth group. And uh, so when I got into my sophomore, junior year, my youth pastor started giving me opportunities to, to serve within the youth group, within the children's ministry at summer camps and things like that. And I just fell in love with it. And I absolutely, you know, I, I said yes to every opportunity that was out there and, and really thought like, this is awesome. I enjoy it, but I was actually on a path to go in a different direction for a career. Um, I also pretty much simultaneously fell in love with computers and the internet and everything else. Cause that was right happening, you know, all at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, and really thought that I was going to, you know, computer engineering or something like that. And, Um, and so those are like things that are happening in my brain at the same time. And here I am my senior year of high school and, and all of a sudden, like I feeling this more and more what I now know as a call to ministry. But at the time I was, I was still wrestling with what this is, what is God doing in my heart and in my mind. And I went ahead and said yes to, to going to to Bible college for uh, at least my freshman year. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go there. I'm going to study youth ministry because I feel this is really important. But I still had in the back of my mind that I was going to transfer out after my freshman year and go pursue computer science and computer engineering. Uh, but then as, as God had been doing while I was a teenager, he kept working on my heart and got me involved. And I took classes and just secured that, that call to ministry. And so, yeah, the next thing I know, I'm not only completing my, my bachelor's degree in youth ministry, I'm also applying to go to seminary right after um, because I just couldn't get enough of Bible college and uh, just really loves that whole experience and got involved in ministry while I was there in college, uh, did my internship there and all those sort of things. And then God actually really grabbed my heart for mission work and for cross-cultural kind of stuff. And, and, and I say mission work. And I think at the time I, I thought mission work was like in another country, but God showed me that there's mission work that we can do right here in our own country. And uh, I realized that, that New England was one of those areas that uh, is very unchurched. So God grabbed my heart for New England after a few trips out there. And so, uh, yeah, after college and seminary, headed out there for 10 years uh, to do ministry at a church plant um, in the the Boston suburbs of uh, southern New Hampshire. And uh, three years ago, um, almost the day, it was a couple weeks ago, it was my three-year anniversary uh, that I moved out to Colorado. Um, So I'm in Longmont, Colorado right now, leading uh, the student ministry at LifeBridge Christian Church. Dude, that's awesome. As as you're sharing your story, it's like, Okay, I can totally see the computerness in you because <laughs> you you are very tech savvy and you've got a lot of the things going on. And so I was like, okay, I can see how God uses that. I, I say this in regards to my story a little bit too, is like 
um, you know, I, I have this passion for computers and God has used that in my, in my life as well. And so I, it's really cool to see how God uses different aspects of us growing up and our passions for his glory. So I think that's really cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think there, there's been really two occurrences in my life that, that God's really shown me that whole thing. Like, you know, if we, if we hand our lives over to God, he will also give us the desires of our heart. Um, the first time that happened was when I said yes to going to Bible college. I was, I was really into soccer and in high school and, and I thought I was going to have to give that up. And then as soon as I said, yes, I sent in my application. The next thing I know, the soccer team from the Bible college was contacting me and recruiting me. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I said yes to God. And he's like, okay, because you said yes, I'm going to give you this too. And the same thing has happened with, with computers and internet and all the tech stuff as well. He's like, Hey, I'm going to show you how you can use this passion for me as well. That's awesome. That, that is very cool. So, well, as we are uh, in this season of COVID, we're going to talk about computers and some of the stuff you're doing with, with tech stuff. But how are you in general dealing, again, with your student ministry? How has that been going uh, in general? What, what have you been learning so far? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I think we, we've learned that we made a really good move last year <laughs> in terms of our, our student ministry. Uh, I had no idea, of course, that this pandemic was going to hit, but we had decided last year that small groups needed to be more of a focus of our ministry. And so we actually cut down from having a weekly large group program that then fed into small groups. And instead we, we pivoted um, before pivoting was, you know, a thing. Um, <laughs> and, and we, uh, we actually went down to once a month, large group times. And we had small groups every week though. And those small groups were, were led by, you know, totally led by the small group leaders. Like I, I didn't necessarily, you know, give them anything more than their curriculum and direction and they totally let out. And so when this when this pandemic kicked in, that was really easy for us to move to online mm-hmm. because essentially like they had everything they needed to, to, to succeed. And we just said, hey, instead of meeting at the church or meeting in your home, just move it to Zoom. Mm-hmm. And and so I had to help, you know, a couple of the leaders with tech sort of things, but it was really easy for them to just make that switch. And so I think one of the things we we learned, but it was also confirmed, is that small groups are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can get students, and I think this applies to adults as well and kids, but if we can get them into uh, smaller communities where they can really thrive and, and grow in their relationship with God and, and help each other out. That's huge. And things like that, like groups are really easy to make those pivots. You know, if things like this happen, um, it's, it's a lot simpler to, to move those than it is, you know, your entire, you know, huge large group program or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that that's one of the things that I've learned. And, and I think kind of along the lines of that, I think, we we've learned the importance of community is just so important. Um, our, our students have really, really wanted to be in person and, and recently we've been able, able to do that. Um, but it's been real and it's been really cool to see them come back and they're inviting their friends more than they ever have before. And they're enjoying being together. And there's just like, I don't know. There's, there's this renewed excitement uh, about it because they they longed for that so much. That's that's really cool. Okay, so just some follow up questions, real quick here. 
Um, when you went to out of your big group setting and into smaller groups, did you have a lot of pushback there? Uh, we didn't actually. Um, a lot of our small group leaders, and I'm, I'm, I know this is just my situation, and and not everybody has this, uh, and and so I consider myself privileged in this. When I stepped into my ministry here, I'd heard from several of our leaders that they felt underutilized, hmm. um, and so they actually jumped at the opportunity to to take more on and, and take more responsibility on, um, which is really cool. You know, we had, we had a little bit of pushback from, you know, things here and there, but overall it was, it was a really good experience to, to switch to that. Um, I think some of them weren't quite ready for that. I think we realized that like, Oh, well, we need to do some more training and we need to do some more, you know, handholding and coaching along the way because some of those leaders weren't quite ready for that. Yeah. Uh, but overall it was a good experience. That's good because uh, when we went to, we didn't do, we went from big groups to like home groups. So we kind of decentralized our, our groups in, um, and then out of that, hopefully formed some smaller groups out of that. But, but when we first made that push, we did get some pushback, especially those people who, who were like, you have to have a big group. You have to do messy stuff and crazy skits and awesome worship. And I'm like, that's just not where our kids are at. And I literally, I tried everything, you know, to, to make that work. And it just wasn't working. When we, when we went to home groups and the smaller groups, it, it has been a huge blessing uh, mm. for us. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's awesome. Um, okay. Next question is where are you at right now in the reopening thing? You, you mentioned it just a second ago. So you are starting to meet in person again. Is that where you're at? <laughs> We're starting to. Yeah. So our church as a whole is still closed. Okay. Um, our doors are closed. Uh, we'll say, um, and they, we, we, where we sit in Colorado, we have, you know, Colorado law, but also we we're in Boulder County. And so Boulder County has been more, um, restricted, um, on what they allow. And so, uh, we are in a, in a larger church and they have been more, there's more restrictions on larger churches. And so we have still chosen not to open our doors, um, to any sort of, um, ministry event or anything like that, which means that even though the youth group is smaller than the overall church, we can't use the building just yet. And so, um, we actually, it comes back from how we pivoted around summer camp this year. Uh, we decided our, our summer camp plans were canceled and we decided to go ahead with summer camp and make it happen. Uh, but we did, uh, an in-person slash online, uh, service base week. Okay. And, so essentially we met online for like the worship kind of times and stuff like that. And we did game nights and things, but during the day we sent them out in and smaller groups to go and serve in the community. And we met together the first night to kind of kick everything off and the very final, the last night um, to kind of close everything out. But in the middle of the week, we had some high school students that are like, Hey, we just want to get together again. We're going to meet at the park. And they basically just like, Hey, can you just kind of endorse this? We're, we're running with it. Um, and we just want you as the youth pastor to, you know, put your stamp of approval on it and help us get the word out. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so student leadership was awesome in that, in that instance. And, and they picked the park and it was a park that we had never done any, any youth ministry things at before. Um, but as soon as I showed up that night, all of a sudden, like the wheels start turning in my head and I go, okay, okay, this is awesome. And it just, it worked so well that, uh, that I went, 
almost immediately to my executive pastor and said, hey, uh, what do you think about us meeting at the park every week? Um, and that's what we've been doing for the last three or four weeks. Um, so we meet and, and middle school and high school together, we decided to not complicate things. Let's just make it one night a week, all on Sunday night. And uh, so 6.30 to eight o'clock, we meet. It's mostly student-led. Um, so students will lead out in a couple songs. It's all acoustic. We have a student that like shares a devotional thought of like 10 minutes long. And the rest of the time is totally just built around games and building community and hanging out together. And we have seen so much growth in that. It's ridiculous. Um, like I've seen, I've seen more kid new friends come in the last three weeks than I've probably seen in the last three years here. I think partly because they just want to get out of the house. Um, but I think it's also, they're just thriving on any community they can, they can get right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's what we're seeing a little bit too. Anytime we, we try to do something in person and again, we still have to have smaller groups in person, but I just get them together just for community, just to, to say hello to each other and we'll play a few silly games, but not very programmatic stuff. And, and I see a lot of kids because they just want to get out of the house or do something. So it's a really kind of a cool time. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you on that. So, all right. So let's talk about what I actually have you on the podcast for <laughs> to talk about. Um, so early on uh, in, during this coronavirus, I saw on Facebook, that you were doing this online game night. Uh, you were doing it, I think it was from your personal Facebook page. Yep. Um, and you were running this game. Uh, and so tell me about what you did because you had a lot of interaction and tell me how, what you've done since then and, and how you're utilizing that for your ministry. Because I think when we talked a few months ago, you had said you were reaching people from different states too. Yeah. Like, well, obviously we're in different states than I saw, but you're, you're getting some good engagement from other people from all over the country. So talk to me about what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, I, along with the, the uh, tech sort of thing, I've always been into video games and it's been all, you know, a thing. And, you know, early before we started recording, you were, I was telling you about all the Mario and Zelda stuff and everything around me. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's always been a thing. And so we moved into our, our current place uh, here. I, we had an extra bedroom that I turned into kind of a home office game room kind of thing. And so when COVID hit, honestly, like it was, it, it was a little bit of, of a dream for me because I am already online. I'm naturally an extrovert. And so those things like just went together hand in hand. And I was like, yeah, I'll be on, like I'm already online. I'll connect with people. Like, is this, this is great. So I was actually, I felt like I was thriving in the first, you know, couple months uh, of all this because it was really hitting right where my, my mentality and my talents and natural just interests were. And so I had a gaming setup you know, already set up for streaming uh, online for YouTube and Twitch and things like that, that I play around with in in my personal time. And so uh, there were games, uh, if you're familiar with Jackbox games, um, and they were meant like in the initial, you know, creation of them to get a bunch of people together in person. And everybody plays along with their cell phone or a tablet or something like that. You don't have to have a, a separate controller for everyone. And, uh, and then I realized it was like, Hey, there's some extra settings on here that you can link then the time to play and different things like that in order to take the game online. I was like, I wonder if this would work. And so, yeah, I just started testing it out with friends and family first and then rolled it out to our youth group. And, and it was awesome. 
because we we had a consistent time and I had parents thanking me. They're like, at least my kid has something to look forward to and it's been great. And and we did also open it up to middle school and high school, you know, and we had them inviting their younger siblings and their their parents would join join in and and it was really cool. But but yeah, as you said, we we've had a, a few kids from other states that joined into our games because we put them out there in public. And so we I had an opportunity to uh a little bit to to share the gospel with with a kid that came from I think he was either Cincinnati or Columbus, Ohio, um, that that just happened to you know, find our feed one, one time and jumped in the next week and kept coming back and, and our kids would connect with them in the chat room. And it was, it was just a really cool opportunity, but uh, yeah, it was all streaming from my home setup and everything. So I have quite a, a complicated setup here. Um, but the good thing is that you can, you can do it a lot simply or simpler than I, than I have. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been really cool to, to use the, have those two things, I guess, come together in that way. Okay, so let me let me ask you a few follow-up questions here. You do you use primarily Jackbox TV? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I've looked at other other games and, and things and I think there are some really good opportunities, you know, other games out there that create some great opportunities for youth groups. Um, they cost money. Um, and the good thing is I already had the Jackbox games, so it wasn't gonna be any extra money out of my pocket. So that's why I chose to go that direction. Is there one or two, or what are the top Jackbox games that you've tried that have been the most successful? Yeah, I think uh, usually uh, we, we try to hop around, but the ones that are always asked for um, that we always end up going back to are usually Quiplash, yep. uh, Fibbage, okay. um, and there, there are a few others as well, but almost always Quiplash and Fibbage are the, like, the go-to ones, yeah. and I think because they they allow for easy entrance. All of them really as allow for easy entrance, but those two, you don't have to know a lot of trivia. Um, you just come up with funny things and it's, it's a, it's a blast for everybody to participate. So yeah, those are the two top two. Um, yeah, those are when I've played that with my youth program, those two are the top two and draw fool has been one that the kids like it, it takes a little bit longer, I feel like, but it, it's still a pretty good one. Um, yeah. Yeah, it depends on the group. Like if I'm playing mostly with the the middle schoolers, we have a lot of artistic middle schoolers that really love Drawful. But some of the high schoolers, they're like, eh, can we just go back to Quiplash? I just like coming up with funny phrases. <laughs> um, okay, so how do um because I know there's different settings uh on Quiplash because we've discovered this one time, this was like I think last summer we played this at my house because I had the Apple TV version of it, and we're we were playing it with both middle school and high school. And then one of the middle schooler kids said, okay, the, some of the language wasn't so much. So you can, you can modify the, the settings, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Everything from uh, Jackbox Party Pack 2 and, and forward, you can. On, on uh, Jackbox 1, you cannot uh, change any family, family filters or anything like that, which is unfortunate. Um, and then I think there's some standalone games as well. I think the first uh, edition of... Fibbage, I think it is, uh, does not allow you to have any family filter as well, but pretty much everything from Jackbox Party Pack 2 uh, forward, uh, you can you can turn on that family filter, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> I, I would agree with you on that one, because some of the things that come out of there, I mean, are are not age-appropriate for right. teenagers. Um, and there's still, there's still a couple words that will f come through that I think, like, 
from being a little more of a conservative Christian, like I'd be like, uh, I don't, uh, I wish I could have cut that word out. That's kind of, you know, in that gray area. Um, so just be, be alert that, you know, <laughs> it doesn't cut everything out by 98% of it. It cuts it out. Now for people who are listening to us and are really curious about this, you, again, there's lots of different platforms that you can buy, uh, the Jackbox TV stuff from. So w- which plat, are you buying it from your computer and then streaming it from the computer or are you buying it somewhere else? I, I actually have it on Nintendo Switch. Um, oh, okay. And so that was, I've used my personal uh, Switch for that because um, I already had them. And so like our, we do have a switch that belongs to the youth group. Um, but we only have, I think one or two packs on there. I had all of them on my personal one. And so I've been streaming them through a capture card attached to my, my home computer. Um, which like I said, it's more complicated. Wow. It's great because it allows me to do a lot other, a lot of other things, but you don't have to get that complicated. Honestly, if I, if I were recommending it to someone that didn't want to jump in that much, I would, I would recommend just going to, to steam or, or something like that and getting it right on your PC or Mac. Well, that's awesome. I didn't realize that you could connect your switch to your computer and then get that going. So that I, I might have to talk to you more about that later. Yeah. yeah. It does require some extra hardware, but, uh, but it's, it's fun. No. <laughs> You're going to have to take a picture sometime of your setup. I would love to see your setup. <laughs> I, I actually have one handy. I'll, I'll have to send it to you later. Uh, yeah, someone asked me about that earlier this year. And so I, I had to clean everything up, you know, and everything got a nice, <laughs> a nice picture of it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see my desk right now. Um, okay, so you've played a lot of Jackbox TV stuff. Have you discovered any other like online gaming stuff that you've played in the group setting that has worked well? Yeah, I think that's really at that level where you want to get as many people involved. It's really the only option that I've found um, because a lot of Jackbox games, I mean, you you have, depending on the game, it's usually between six to 10 players that can compete. Uh, but it also allows for audience members to jump in and participate as well. So I think for the most part, you can get up to 100 people into Jackbox games. And so that's really cool. Everything else is really limited. So, uh, I mean, we have I've had some success um, playing Fortnite and stuff like that with, with a lot of kids online, um, which is a blast, you know, that and Rocket League and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just limited to the amount of players that you can actually get in there at a time. Yeah, no, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And, and again, being a part of the audience is pretty fun, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my leaders will, and, and myself included, will, will probably, we tend to side on the audience, but but we also want to interact with the kids, too, and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so when you stream this, last question about this, when you stream this, are you streaming from your personal account or are you trying to stream from your student ministry account? I started out my personal account, but uh, but I didn't did switch over to our to our student ministry accounts um, mostly because I wanted them also to like we've been posting devotional thoughts and worship kind of stuff and and things like that on our our student ministry accounts and so it's like I don't want all that attention to come to me because whatever but I want that to go I want people to subscribe to our channels and so they can also see that other content and so yeah we ended up streaming to our our youth group uh pages and and that's been really cool and and I think one of the other things that came with that that we that I didn't realize was that there is a there's a, a comfortability that that students have by sitting behind a keyboard um, that they they let their guard down a little bit and so we've 
I've had some students that participated in the chat room while we were playing Jackbox games. And I had a lot more meaningful conversations in that chat room with them than I ever had in person. Uh, so it just kind of dropped the, they dropped their guard a little bit during that time. And it was, it was really cool. That's very cool. That is definitely the cool. Well, I, again, we've played Jackbox TV stuff with uh, our students, but more so in person or even in, in a zoom context. But I, that's where I was so curious about what you've been doing because I really do. I think it'd be great to put this out on Facebook and in other platforms as well. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And it's actually, it sparked uh, a lot of our students saying, Hey, even after COVID's over and everything, can we keep doing this? I mean, it'd be great to have it in person, but can we just uh, keep doing this? This, this'd be great. I'm having a lot of fun with this. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, do you put this on, uh, like, do you download it and put it up on YouTube or anything like that afterwards or no, just kind of in the moment? Yeah, I think in the moment, like it does, you know, it records it and DVRs it and everything. Um, but for the most part, it's it's one of those things that I think, you know, no one ever will want to go back and watch it, except for maybe maybe those students that played, they want to watch that that one section. I'll remember that one part, but, you know, of, of a two-hour game session, no one's really going to want to watch it. So we usually ended up just deleting it afterwards. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, Steve, this has been awesome. I, I love it. Um, and a lot of encouragement. Uh, I know people are going to probably have a lot of different questions for you. Uh, so uh, as we wrap up, I want you to share how they can connect with you online, but also share a little bit about your blog. You have a podcast as well. So tell us a little bit about that uh, as we wrap up. Sure, sure. So yeah, I, I blog at uh, at stevecullum.com. So that's S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M. And yeah, I just, I post, uh, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of a bunch of different stuff. It's mostly youth ministry related there um, that I've been doing ever since I started at that first church in, in New Hampshire. I was actually on, um, I, I was self-supporting a little bit in the beginning. And so I was using it to you know, contact my, my supporters, my financial supporters and things like that. And then it just rolled into what it is today. Um, but that's a, a place where I post, like I have an article on there of like how I do the game nights and how all the, you know, the physical, you know, hardware that I use and stuff like that on there and just other things that I, they learn along the way. So you can check out stevecullum.com. Uh, but then I, I do host the the student ministry podcast and, uh, and Tom's been on there as well. And uh, yeah, I just love talking to other, other youth pastors and, and having conversations about their story and what their ministry looks like. And so you can find that on my blog, but also at the student ministry podcast.com. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty much on most of the popular social medias. Uh, for the most part, it's just at Steve Cullum. Yeah, and and I'll have all your links on on the show notes so they can easily click to it. What's your favorite social network? <laughs> uh, I have a. I, I actually I went through this mental exercise not too long ago to like, and I realized that I have different purposes for different social medias. Yeah, and so um, lately, I, I think Twitter has always been my favorite because Twitter is. And this, this sounds selfish, but it's for me. Like yeah. I'm on Twitter because I want to be on Twitter. Like I'm on Facebook for ministry purposes and connecting with parents and things like that. I'm on Instagram for, I'm still trying to figure out why I'm on Instagram. <laughs> um, but uh, all these different things, a lot of it is, is research for youth ministry and different things and connecting with kids. But I'm on Twitter for me. And so I think that's probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah I would agree with you on that. I, I 
I love Twitter so much. Um, and it's for me too. I very, very rarely tweet anything about my family. It's all about me on there. And occasionally <laughs> I'll say something here or there, but you know, Facebook's for my friends and ministry purposes. Instagram, I'm like, I'm the same thing with Instagram. I, I post things on Instagram, but I, I don't, I'm not an Instagram guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually find more fun right now in TikTok, just fooling <laughs> around all the different things. Nice. I enjoy it while you can. <laughs> yes, I know exactly. Right. Enjoy it while you can. So, um, but it's, uh, but I love Twitter. Twitter is definitely my favorite. So, yeah. Steve, it is awesome um, uh, having you on. So, thanks for uh, being on the podcast today. Hopefully, we'll see each other soon in person somewhere. Maybe, maybe if they do have the National Youth Ministry Conference, you know, yeah. Maybe- we'll see each other hopefully hopefully uh but the good thing is yeah i think we we've learned how to connect more online which is really cool throughout all this but yeah i'm just like my students uh they look forward to you know being in person and and youth group i really look forward to going to my own youth group kind of events and that's you know things like nywc and orange conference and stuff because i get to hang out with my friends that's right it'll be it'll be good so hopefully we can connect there uh in person so all right steve thanks man so much for joining me yeah thanks for having me all right, so there you have it, my conversation with Steve. It's fascinating. I, I love that interview. Um, I love getting to know him a little bit more because even though we've been hanging around together a lot um, at the various conferences and working together with the blogging stuff, I, I've never really known his story. So to see the real cool aspect of how he had a passion for computers and he loves video games and he has a passion for the Lord and how God has brought that all together for him to use this during this time is just awesome. And I think we can learn a lot from that. And again, I love using the Jackbox game as I use it more for in-person, but he's showing us how he can do it, put it on social media and reach people in different states, different counties. It's fantastic. I, I love that idea. So I would strongly encourage you, if you've never heard of Jackbox games or Jackbox TV, definitely uh, check out the show notes. I've got the links there. You can check out a variety of different games. There's so many different games uh, that are suitable for different ages. And we've tried a bunch of them out and some of them work well for our group. Some of them don't, but what you may discover is some may work out better for your group and some not. So check it out and then see about how you can stream that on to social media and reach more people and see what kind of impact you can have. I, I love this idea of online game. And I think it's a perfect opportunity in today's world to reach students in particular, students and young adults. Um, so Steve is doing it. We've got other friends who are doing it as well. So definitely want to check that out if you haven't already. And if you've got some experience with this, definitely hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I would love to talk to you. I'm sure Steve would too. Uh, go to at TA Pounders, my Twitter handle, and share with me what you're doing with online gaming and how you're using it to reach people for Christ. I would love to hear that uh, today. All right, heroes. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Go to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe to it, or you can go to ymsidekick.com and check out all my content there. I would love for you to check that out. I would love for you to subscribe to it. Definitely give me a rating. Uh, That would be fantastic. But I would also love for you to check out um, the Digital Bootcamp. It's a Facebook group where we have all ministers from all different backgrounds learning digital tools and trends that will help us reach more people for Christ. And we talk about gaming on there. We talk about social media. We talk about all things digital. Uh, so if you want to learn some uh, digital uh, tools to help you, go to uh, the Digital Bootcamp, and you can find all that information out at ymsidekick.com. All right, heroes, well, I hope you have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week. And until next time, have a great one.